Taiwan added a little over 66,000 local COVID cases on Tuesday. Authorities said that on the whole, Taiwan was moving past the peak of Omicron wave, with cases trending downward in the northern and central regions. Although infections remain rampant in the south, the CECC expects case counts to decline in another week. Familiar figures take their seats at the CECC's daily press conference. CECC head Chen Shizhong is conspicuously absent due to a COVID infection. His role filled by second-in-command Chen Songyan. Spokesman Zhuang Renxiang was also absent. His place filled by Social and Family Affairs Director Jian Huijuan. Two other officials were missing from the press event on Tuesday. CECC Medical Response Division Deputy Head Victor Wang and Head of the Center's Community Infection Division Xue Reiyuan also tested positive for COVID. Deputy Commander Chen Zhongyan and I will handle today's press conference. The CECC announced 66,119 new cases, fewer than on the same day a week ago. The CECC says Taiwan is slowly passing the peak of infections. In northern and central Taiwan, it is more obvious they are already past the peak. In central Taiwan, there is already a downward trend in the number of cases. It's patients in the south who are occupying many of the hospital beds. The south is likely approaching the peak. We estimate that in a week or so, the numbers will trend downward. With cases of BA4 and BA5 already recorded in Taiwan, the CECC says it's a matter of time before cases appear in the community. Local infections with BA4 and BA5 are inevitable because our quarantine policy is not designed to block out all cases, whether we're talking the 7 plus 7 policy or the 3 plus 4 policy that takes effect tomorrow, there is bound to be some possibility of people bringing the variants into the community. Health experts say that a fourth dose of an existing COVID vaccine or a shot of a next-generation vaccine will be necessary to stave off infections with the subvariants. The government has already purchased 10 million doses of Moderna's next-gen vaccine which is awaiting emergency use authorization. Taiwan will ease its quarantine policy for all arrivals starting Wednesday. Arrivals will need to complete a three-day quarantine and four days of self-health management. They will be required to present a negative COVID test result before departing for Taiwan and will be tested again upon arrival. They must also reside in the same location for the full seven days upon entry into Taiwan. We will require a negative PCR test result from within 48 hours prior to boarding a flight to Taiwan. A deep throat saliva PCR test will be administered upon arrival. Through these two measures, we will maintain border control at the airport. Under Taiwan's new 3 plus 4 quarantine policy, arrivals must stay indoors for the first three days and avoid going outside unless necessary in the four days following. A PCR test will be taken upon arrival and pickup from the airport by friends or relatives is permitted. During the self-health management period, those who wish to go outside must present a negative rapid test taken within two days. Those at quarantine hotels can apply to return home for the self-health management period so long as they will be the only residents in the home. Experts are calling for fourth vaccine doses to protect against the resurgence of Omicron. Earlier this week, the CECC announced Taiwan's first cases of the BA4 and BA5 Omicron subvariants. The strains are highly contagious and have a greater potential to cause breakthrough infections. Experts say fourth doses will be, quote, indispensable, especially as Taiwan enters the fall season.
Something in particular we're reporting today is the detection of new Omicron strains, the BA4 and BA5. Last week, we conducted genetic sequencing on 57 imported COVID cases. Four of them involved the BA5 subvariant, and one was the BA4. They accounted for 7% and 2% of the sequenced cases, respectively. The remaining 50 or so cases all involved the BA2 variant, so there are still relatively few mutant strains at present. As for the local cases we've genetically sequenced so far, no mutant strains have been detected. Taiwan has found its first cases of the BA4 and BA5 Omicron subvariants, the CECC said on Monday. Overseas, the subvariants were already in circulation for some time. They are more transmissible than the BA2 Omicron variant that's dominant in Taiwan. The BA4 and BA5 subvariants are more evasive to neutralizing antibodies, so people who have antibodies due to vaccination or natural infection, if they encounter the BA4 and BA5 subvariants, they are prone to a breakthrough infection. The things people are more concerned about, such as their pathogenicity, are still being studied. It's not necessarily the case that these mutants are more pathogenic or that they will produce any special clinical reactions. They still cause infections of the upper respiratory tract. With the fall season on the way, experts fear a fresh wave of community spread. They say that a fourth vaccine dose will be indispensable. Third doses do not produce a sufficient antibody level for countering the BA4 and BA5 subvariants, so fourth doses will need to be administered. The probability of a COVID resurgence at the end of the year is actually quite high because we won't have sufficient immunity against this new wave. And three months after the third dose, our immunity wanes to unreliable levels anyway. Once the weather starts to cool, and if the epidemic worsens overseas, it'll be hard for us to avoid a resurgence. So far, 2.86 million people in Taiwan have caught COVID, mainly in the form of the BA2 Omicron strain. Much of the population already has antibodies and a degree of protection against BA4 and BA5. Experts say that, so long as people continue to get boosters, any resurgence that arrives this year should be less severe than the wave in May. Wall Street stock sell-off worsened on Monday, with the Dow dropping 2.79 percent. The S&P fell nearly 4 percent, while the Nasdaq lost 4.68 percent. Two of the three major indexes are officially in bear market, which means they're down 20 percent or more from their most recent high. Over on the Taiwan Stock Exchange, institutional investors sold a net 23.8 billion NT on Tuesday, but the TIEX got a boost from bargain hunters and activity from government-run stock funds. The market was down more than 200 points at the day's lows, but ended above the 16,000-point mark. U.S. stocks have lost more than 800 points over two consecutive days. Many people are saying they can't sleep at night, that they get up to check Wall Street. I can imagine that they're under immense pressure. I want to assure everyone that corporate operations and profitability are the TIEX's bastions of strength. But of course, Taiwan can't be extricated from the global supply chain because we participate in the global economy to a high degree. This is an issue we will need to handle with caution. Right now, it looks like the market could move lower than the most recent low of 15,616 points. Since the start of the year, more than 220 billion NT worth of stocks have been purchased. The eight state-owned banks and four state-run funds are already in the market. 
whether the Taiwan dollar weakens past 30 NT and whether the yield on the US two-year treasury falls back below 3%. Those are the two indicators to watch for when calling a market bottom. Analysts say the index could test new lows in the weeks ahead. This Wednesday, the U.S. Fed is expected to raise interest rate by 0.75 percentage points. The following day, Taiwan will announce its own move on rates, which could send ripples through the stock market. Where are the fans of Taiwanese cuisine? Today, we've got a real treat, a restaurant in Jilong with incredible ocean views. They're serving up the catch of the day with traditional Taiwanese recipes handed down from the, hot, from the family. And what's more, chef Wu Junxian has invited his favorite old teacher from high school to meet us. As we'll see, not everyone would have bet on Wu becoming a successful chef. A bowl of fresh noodles and delicious soup topped with slices of beef and fragrant scallions. Pieces of soft taro go perfectly with vermicelli noodles, fresh young squid and shrimp roe. All the seafood here comes straight from the fishing harbor down the road. One of the important local specialties on the coast here is the young squid. I made this squid vermicelli bowl with my dad's classic cooking methods. The fresh catch is served up with special skills and recipes from Wu Junxian's dad, a former chef de cuisine. My dad had perfected his culinary skills over a lifetime. I was always watching and learning from him. We had never worked together, and then I thought, why not give it a try? We chose this spot by chance. We love the sea and we love the view here, and we happen to chance upon this venue. After your meal, why not head upstairs to the bar? You can get a cup of coffee and a little dessert and enjoy a break by this unparalleled ocean view. Wu was working in IT before, but switched to a career as a chef through a series of chance encounters, moving back to his childhood home to open this restaurant. He still can't believe how his story has played out. As a teenager at Jilong Commercial and Industrial High, he was a serious troublemaker. He says the support of one special teacher made all the difference. After I graduated from high school, I would always think back to the encouragement that Mr. Hong gave us. When I was young, I never dealt with things very smoothly, and I created conflicts with people I was working with. But I would always think of my teacher and feel how much I didn't want to disappoint him. The most serious situation was when he would have gotten automatically expelled if he'd had one more misdemeanor. At that time, the school's military instructor, the teachers, and even the principal all said, okay, we'll give him one last chance. And he stayed. And amazingly, from then on, he changed. And that was why he could graduate successfully. Inviting that inspiring teacher to come see his triumph was one of the best parts of opening a business in his old neighborhood. Even the most angst-ridden teen can go on to thrive and give back to their community. China has claimed sovereignty over the Taiwan Strait, disputing the U.S. view that the strait is international waters. That's according to Bloomberg, which spoke to a source familiar with the situation. In what appears to be a change in position, Chinese military officials have asserted sovereignty during recent meetings with U.S. counterparts. The claim is believed to be a reaction to repeated U.S. transits in the strait. In Taiwan, analysts charged China with hypocrisy, citing China's own passage through a strait near Japanese territorial waters. Amid its heightened displays of military might, China has asserted a fresh claim over the Taiwan Strait. During recent meetings with U.S. military officials, China repeatedly claimed that the Taiwan Strait was not, quote, international waters. 
saying that the waters of both Taiwan and China extended toward each other into the strait. China said that the strait was its own internal waters, territorial sea, and exclusive economic zone. China has sovereignty over the Taiwan Strait. We have sovereign rights and jurisdiction, and we respect other countries' legitimate rights in their respective territorial waters. In international maritime law, there is no legal basis for claiming international waters. China's assertion was seen as a reaction to repeated U.S. transits through the Taiwan Strait. In response, the Pentagon said it would continue to make passage wherever allowed by international law. Such Chinese claims of sovereignty over the Taiwan Strait are unacceptable internationally. Of course, the world doesn't necessarily play by China's rules. There are some things that China can't just unilaterally decide and declare. It can't simply devise its own rules for the world to follow. One researcher pointed to the passage of Chinese vessels through Japan's Tsugaru Strait, saying this exposed Chinese hypocrisy on the issue of territorial waters. Chinese and Russian warships passed through the Tsukaru Strait in October last year. It's the narrow body of water between Japan's main island and its Hokkaido island in the north. At the narrowest point, it's only 18 kilometers wide, but Japan didn't protest the passage by saying it was its own waters. It's open for vessels for any country to pass through. Territorial waters extend 12 nautical miles from a country's shores. The contiguous zone for law enforcement may reach up to 24 nautical miles from shore, but the country's sovereignty only extends to the 12 nautical mile mark. In international law, countries have free passage in the waters beyond that mark. This type of wolf warrior diplomacy and military expansionism by Beijing is only going to result in a greater backlash. At its narrowest point, the Taiwan Strait is 70 nautical miles wide, and its widest reaches 220 nautical miles. Experts say that China's claim over the strait will not result in compliance from the international community. A teachers' union has lodged a protest against next year's academic calendar, which includes six Saturday makeup days. The National Federation of Educational Unions is protesting the makeup days, saying they don't support learning retention. In response, the Ministry of Education says it will reassess the calendar at a meeting that convenes parents, faculty, and local officials from across the country. Students sit neatly in rows, eyes straight ahead. It's a scene that unfolds across the nation Mondays to Fridays. Next year, the government plans to start winter break early on January 20th and to hold a makeup day on Saturday, January 7th. That makes me pretty unhappy because Saturday is a holiday and I'm not used to going to school on Saturdays. In 2023, there will be five extended holidays that require Saturday makeup days. Teachers say Saturday classes are bad for learning retention. Some subjects are heavier than others. Students might have a lesson one day and then not completely digest the material, but they have to go to class again the next day. That takes a psychological toll on them, and it leads to a lot more complaints. The teacher says that on Saturday makeup days, the class schedule is identical to Fridays, so students can struggle with information overload. In addition, Saturday bus schedules can throw students off and result in tardiness. A teacher's union has expressed its objection to the schedule. We've gotten feedback from lots of rank-and-file instructors. They don't want these adjustments to be made for the long holidays. Saturday makeup classes would result in six-day weeks. Students don't have the patience for that, and it wouldn't be helpful to their learning.
Some students end up having to go to cram school on Sunday because of these Saturday makeup classes. The teachers' union said it still wants winter breaks to start on January 20th. Many parents agree, saying it would make travel easier over the Lunar New Year holiday. In response, the Ministry of Education said it would convene a meeting to reassess its plans for January 20th. Heavy motorcycles will soon be allowed on the improved Suhua Highway on a permanent basis. The transport chief announced the decision on Tuesday, citing a successful six-month trial run. From last September to this March, motorcycles with engines larger than 250cc were allowed on the improved Suha Highway, which runs from Ilan to Hualien. Big Bites made an average of 100 trips on the road on weekdays and 270 trips on weekends and holidays. During the trial period, only 21 motorcycles were caught speeding or passing in the emergency lanes. No major violations involving Big Bikes were recorded. Today, let's meet a cancer survivor and pianist who's inspiring other patients to live life to the full. Ye Meijing is a master's student at National Sen Yat-sen University. She recently had a recurrence of a type of spinal cancer that she first experienced as a teenager. But she also recently celebrated a lifelong dream of a personal recital. She regularly visits the hospital to play for children suffering from serious illnesses. National Sun Yat-sen University master student Ye Mei-jun plays a stirring tune on the piano. Her confident performance belies her health struggles. It was the piano that helped her get through the worst moments. The chemotherapy was very hard. I didn't have any appetite. I was vomiting a lot. When I was sick, I wouldn't play the piano for such long periods because my back would start hurting. Ye started playing at the age of seven and always dreamed of studying music. At 14, she started getting back pain and had trouble walking. Tests revealed that she had embryonal tumors on her spine. She got treatment and the cancer was under control, but it came back when she began her master's degree. If I didn't do anything else and just spent all day every day thinking about my illness, then I think that would be quite negative. Ye used her music to focus on the positive and get through a long round of difficult chemo. Now, she often visits the hospital to play the piano for children there. She was recently awarded the Zhou Daquan Fervent Global Love of Lives Award and held her first concert, inspiring others to believe they can follow their dreams even in the most difficult circumstances. After two years of decline, tourism in the Czech Republic is finally on the rise due to the end of travel restrictions and mask mandates. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang visited several tourist hotspots in Prague to see what post-COVID life is like. Visitors flock to the Prague Castle. Some are visiting with a tour guide. Others are independent travelers. Main demonstration monastery in the world. Another popular destination is a Charles Bridge. People eat dinner by the river and enjoy the view. And uh, San Ludmila was assassinated. In fact, they used her scarf. There's also Wenceslas Square. Visitors shop at the market and explore the square and nearby Czech National Museum. The Czech Republic is now living with COVID, with mask mandates loosened very few people wear masks in public and on public transport. We are in the top part of the Wenceslas Square. It was one of the main market areas in Middle Ages. 
used for the trading with the horses. Uh, so that's why till 19th century it was called horse market. Uh, in 19th century the square was named in the memory of uh, one of the rulers of this country from the first half of 10th century, the Prince Wenceslas. Many tourists and locals are also seen at the Rudolfinum. The Rudolfinum has been the home of the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra since 1946 and is one of the main venues of the Prague Spring International Music Festival held every May and June. This May, after a two-year delay, they held a concert to thank former Taiwanese diplomat Xin Yang for donating a piano to the concert hall. This program was featured with a little delay caused by uh, the pandemic and um, we're finally able to honor Miss Yang's gift uh, by a special program that was called um, music called Antonin. According to Czech government statistics, more than 2.8 million visitors stayed in hotels and boarding houses in the Czech Republic in the first quarter of this year, up from 280,000 in 2021. This is 10 times the number of visitors compared to the same period last year. The number of tourists has started to increase due to the end of travel restrictions and other measures. Over the past two years, the epidemic has affected a lot of the work we plan to undertake. With the loosening of domestic control measures, I believe that in the future there will be many Czech organizations and important personnel that want to visit Taiwan. There are also many groups in Taiwan that will visit the Czech Republic. Taiwan's envoy to the Czech Republic, Ke Liang Rei, said that COVID has greatly affected life and work. He is optimistic about the post-pandemic ties between Taiwan and the Czech Republic. He looks forward to when the world opens up so that Taiwan and Czech Republic can continue to strengthen their ties. This is FTV News' Stephanie Yang and Huang Ruchun reporting in the Czech Republic.